0: This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk, only on lineupmedia.fm.
1: Now your host, Jim Cromer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk. I'm your host, Jim Cromer. I want to remind everybody that Youth Baseball Talk is brought to you by the Rope Trainer. And as John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. So make sure you check out com today. Uh, speaking of the Rope Trainer, I hope you guys are really enjoying the Rope Report, as brought to you by uh, our good friends over at the Rope Trainer, of course, and Kirk McNabb and all the gang at the uh, Dirtbag Nation. So, you know, really enjoying all the stuff that they're bringing to the show. It's It's, it's, in the, it's a phenomenal ad for us, of course, to continue to provide you guys with information <clears throat> and just general things and knowledge uh, to give you something to think about, which at the end of the day is all we're trying to do. Uh, this week, I'd like to welcome back my partner, Crime Spiker Helms. What's going on, bud?
2: It's going. It's
1: going, but where is it going? Is that really the question?
2: It's it's middle of the summer, and it's uh, it's, it's busy, busy.
1: Got a uh, treat for everybody today that I'm real excited about. Um, you know, Each week, we're very fortunate to have who I consider to be one of the best instructors, influencers in the game. Uh, Of of baseball now I mean you know you can't just say youth baseball or prep baseball as uh, like some of the best guys he his his reach has expanded into the professional levels and and he's been doing that for a while but he's really uh, been tasked now with doing some other stuff so he's a great soundboard he's a great you know guy to talk to just in general about the game uh, I like him because he's very realistic, very honest, and that's our friend Justin Stone. He brings the EliteBaseball.tv training tip of the week uh, each week. He's going to join us today as he's got a lot of stuff going on with EliteBaseball.tv that he wanted to share with everybody, uh, making a lot of uh, improvements over there, not necessarily improvements as much as just a lot of things enhancing uh, what is already a great product and a great organization if you're so fortunate as to ever uh, meet Justin C., Anything that he does, go to any clinics that he might be involved with. As always, I highly recommend it.
2: After you hear what he has to say, I mean, it's it's you're gonna want to jump online and and jump on his website as well as his YouTube channel. Um, he's he's unbelievable. Yeah,
1: he's awesome. And like I said, I mean, we can't you know we can't do this show without having some of the some of the better influencers be a part of it because at the end of the day, um, you know, we're talking a lot about and you do a great job with the Rawlings Tigers and everything you do over there. And you're, I know you're very well respected, but you know, it, it, I'm, at, part, I'm not at the level of Justin Stone you know, right now. Well, yeah, but I mean, the you know, where, where Justin get his start, you know, and, yeah. I, and I know you do an unbelievable job and all the kids that are a part of what you do are lucky to have you. So, um, but that's really hot. But see, that's the whole purpose of the show, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's not just for, for guys that, you know, they don't even really know much about baseball, but their kid loves it. I mean, it's for guys that are really good. We, we should always be learning. I mean, that's the sign. I'm telling you out there right now, if you're playing for a guy that acts like he knows everything and has no interest in listening to anybody or has no interest in continuing his education within the game or thinks that everything everybody else does is wrong, everything he does is right, turn around, grab your kid, and run. Don't walk. Run away. Because I'm telling you, all the good ones are learning. When I go to these clinics, Spiker will attest. When we've been we've been to him together, all the good ones are in the audience writing and all the ones that think they know everything are at home screwing stuff up. I'm sorry, but that's a fact you can do with it, whatever you want. But I'm telling you, I've seen some of the best coaches who you would think, why do they need to be here with iPads recording with note taking, uh, with their recorders, recording the audio, uh, going to the Q and A's after, you know, I, uh, it's amazing. I I saw the first time I ever saw Justin speak. I, you know, they do, they do their presentation, which is about forty five thirty 30 to 45 minutes. And then they go outside and they set up an area for them to do Q and A. It's amazing. The coaches, the the best coaches in the country, follow these guys out and they ask the most unbelievable questions that you would sit here and go, Holy cow. You're, you coach a top 25 baseball team in the country and the college rank and you're out here asking a question that I would ask. So, Always get better, folks. Well, that, Always try to get better.
2: That's like Coach Keith Gutton down at Missouri State. I remember oh,
1: that was. I didn't want to throw the name up, but yeah. that was the one that stuck out to oh, me. Yeah, he's unbelievable. They, they were making an unbelievable run, and here he is out in the hall asking a asking a hitting question. He
2: asked me questions. I'm like, I I played for you. Like he's like, yeah. well, I want to I want to <laughs> I want to dive into it. I want to know what you guys are learning at the club level and um, what's being said at, at the micro level. So it, I mean, if it's a guy like that that's had just an unbelievable history. Um, those are the, those are the great coaches. Um, and I'm, I'm in that process right now, just trying to learn as much as I possibly can.
1: Well, we hope, uh, everyone's enjoying the stuff that we're sharing with you guys. And again, um, I always say that, you know, don't even just take our word for it. Obviously take what we tell you and, you know, get out your Google box as my buddy likes to call Mm -hmm. the computers and do a little research and, you know, check out some of these great websites and some of these great influencers that we are happy to bring you every week. Um, let's remind everybody, of course, where you can find us, youthbaseballtalk.com is a website where you'll find the podcast. It's also, um, where you can subscribe to the podcast absolutely free and you'll get a notification each time we put out the new show. Uh, a lot of you have done that, uh, while iTunes won't share with us that information. Um, when I, when I release a show, I can see how many immediate downloads we get within the first 24 to 48 hours. It typically tells me before we get heavy with trying to spread it around on social media that people are, uh, are subscribing, and, and that is a great thing to do. Of course, for everyone out there, uh, I want to remind you that social media is a big part of what we do. Uh, we're asking you to follow us on Twitter. We are at Podcast Baseball. We're also asking you to like our Facebook page, Youth Baseball Talk. You guys and your uh, willingness to share the shows, especially the ones where you know you feel like something may be relevant to something someone else is going through, is how the show has grown to where it is. So our ask of you is, is obviously, again, follow us at Podcast Baseball at Twitter. Like our Facebook page, Youth Baseball Talk. <clears throat> Sorry about that. But the big thing you can do for us is when you see the show come out on Twitter, when you see us share the show on Facebook, if you could share it, uh, because obviously you're involved in this and a lot of your friends probably are as well, that would help us reach more people that are involved in this great game. And at the end of the day, that's really what we're trying to do. Um. Again, I couldn't do couldn't do this without the effects of social media and and what it has on our show. It, it, it's a big thing,
2: and we're and we're in the trenches. So when you when you comment back to us, we're going to comment back, and um, we're going to be in that conversation. Just not going to be just a forum where you guys talk to each other. We're going to jump in there. Um, obviously not every single comment. Um, Because at sometimes our posts will run with a lot of comments, but we will jump in there and we will um, give our responses.
1: Well, and again, it's just it's you know it's a great thing to have that tool of social media and everybody wanting to get involved. We want everybody to be involved in the show and to feel like you're involved because ultimately the show is for you. Uh, If it's one of those things that if you've ever listened to it and you thought, man, I feel like they're talking to me, we are because. That's how I feel when somebody's, you know, I, I know they're given a general presentation, but it it typically happens where they wind up talking about something that I guarantee you at some time I've had a question about. And that that makes it a quality experience for me when I get an opportunity to hear guys speak. It's almost like we're in a dugout.
2: We're just talking.
1: Yeah, for sure. No, yeah. that's a great, great idea or, or whatever. But all the great things happen over conversation. Think about... After games, when you go to your kids' games and everybody goes somewhere and eats and you sit around, and you talk, and inevitably situations come up and this happened and and Unfortunately, if something goofy happened, whether it be with a player or a parent or an umpire or something it the conversation comes up it's how we handle those and what we choose to do with that that we think we can make a difference, and that's really at the end of the day what we're what we're here to do. Uh, one last thank you has to go out to uh, all the folks at lineupmedia.fm. They are the fastest-growing podcast company on the planet. Uh, the numbers tell us that if you're listening to this show and you're a podcaster, you're probably listening to up to somewhere around six podcasts that you've chosen to dedicate your time to. I promise you, if you go to lineupmedia.fm, you're going to find another podcast or two that really interests you. Um, you know our friend Pete Caliendo with Baseball Outside the Box is another show very similar to this one. Pete has unbelievable access to some great people within the game of baseball and I would highly encourage everyone to make sure they check that out. And again, Lineup is so supportive of our show. Uh, I highly encourage you to check it out. Our producer Andrew and Brian who typically are the two guys that help us they you know they make us sound like we we have professional voices sometimes. I listen to the show, and I know that my voice does not sound that good because um, I hear myself on
2: voicemails, and it's it's ridiculous. And
1: then I hear myself on the show, and I'm like, who is that
2: guy? It's almost like you want to do the voicemails inside yeah. the studio. I'm going to ask
1: Andrew if I can do my voicemail, Whether <laughs> yeah. that it would be good. But, um, but no, it's, it's, you know, we're very, very happy to be, to be a part of this. So while I'm throwing out thank yous, uh, as I typically like to do, um, a thank you will always go out to this guy, uh, and that is Justin Stone with EliteBaseball.tv. As I've mentioned, he was one of the first – uh, influential guests that I had that was knee deep involved in this that I felt like made a difference. And again, I tell the story all the time of how uh, my relationship with Justin was kind of formed. It all started with uh, my cousin, well, my wife's cousin, who is a minor league uh, hitting instructor and coach for the Pittsburgh Pirates. That used to be with the Chicago White Sox, and he had met Justin and you know really thought a lot of him and and really you know felt like. The stuff that Justin was talking about was applicable whether you were a 25 year old big leaguer or you were an eight year old or seven year old T ball player. It was just, it was very understandable. It was very relatable. It was very transitional from instructor to player. And when my kid started playing and I was looking around, I obviously went to him because, I mean, let's face it, you know, the guy played at the highest level. He's coaching at the highest levels now. And uh, I respected his opinion. So when he turned me on to Justin and I found him on YouTube, I just thought, man, this is a guy. That I got to get on here. So I uh, had him on the show and and then you know he enjoyed doing it and I enjoyed having him. And then he th- when I asked him if he'd like to be a part of it, he jumped uh, all over the opportunity. I say opportunity for him. It was really an opportunity for me and, and now Spiker, of course. But to have him as a resource for us each and every week is an absolute blessing for the show. Uh, he's got a lot of new stuff going on, as I mentioned at the intro of the show. So let's welcome him in and, and hear exactly what's going on with Mr. Justin Stone and EliteBaseball.tv. Justin, you there?
3: Yeah. Jim, did you call me the YouTube guy? Because I'll, I'll walk around at clinics once in a while and people will – I guess you forget about the power of the internet and the power of YouTube. I'll walk through a clinic and say, oh, that's a YouTube guy. That's a Justin <laughs> guy. Well, so well, I, I, I think I've been referred to – because I don't have a big name in terms of my playing background or anything like that. So I think I, I'm probably referred to as the YouTube guy as much as anything else.
1: Well, if 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 uh, if you want to let me take the credit for turning you into the YouTube guy, I'll be happy to do so. But I think I'll be honest with you. When I found you, I think you had, it, were well on your way with uh, having a nice presence on YouTube. But um, you know, it, it was uh, it, like I say, I, I say all the time. It was very uh, fortunate for me to find you and and use you as a tool um, for teaching the game of baseball to the kids that I actually coached. Uh, again, I, uh, and then just the small world, a guy, you know, very well that I know coach Funkhouser here in Uddersville was a big fan of yours and had taken the time to come up and to some of your stuff and had brought his whole coaching staff to some stuff you were at. So again, it was a natural, easy learning process for me. Um, and again, you make it real easy. I know a lot of the people that listen to the show that are now disciples of elite baseball dot TV. Again, I. I'm not quite sure where you're going to get more bang for your dollar when it comes to instruction. I mean, we spend tons and tons of money every week on this and that, and for a very minimal fee, you get access to your, your, you know, everything you're doing basically for a whole year. So, again, it's a very useful tool that I suggest everybody check out. Again, that's EliteBaseball.tv, but um, with all things in baseball, and especially the good ones. Uh, you're ever evolving, ever changing, and I guess the key word would be getting better. The key words would be getting better, and that's the the motto of our show. Uh, you embody that, and you're an, you're a great example that I use all the time of a guy that's probably one of the top guys in the country at what he does. But yet, you're always learning and getting better. Uh, I know you got a lot going on. Why don't you uh, tell us what's going on with Justin Stone these days?
3: Well, I think as over the last just year or two, when you hear more technology just in the everyday presence of a baseball game. Where in certain stadiums, you'll see exit velocity, launch angle, definitely on like the Fox broadcast, the World Series. It's everywhere now. So I think technology companies are realizing that it's not just the golf world in which they can make money. And they're, they're, there's just a lot more resources being poured into the tech side of baseball. The more that that happens, I will say that the game changes the game gets smarter. And when the game gets smarter, people can get better faster. So I'm really excited on some of the projects I'm working with with different tech companies as a consultant of getting my hands on some things first that, again, I I say this, I feel like every two years, but there's something on the verge of of making the swing so much more easier to understand. And it's going to make players better a lot faster. So, you know, since we've met last, and and done a podcast. I did a little bit of that with the Cubs in spring training, just kind of a technical advisor consultant working with really their coaches as much as their players of trying to get them how to understand as simple things as 2d video analysis, but really getting an understanding from the biomechanical sense of how to play, make players more efficient. And that's the bottom line of it. And just not that we're true. Go ahead.
2: Justin, where, where do you see the technology going in the next six to eight, 12 months for baseball?
3: Well, what technology, that's a great question. And the one I'm excited to answer because what technology allows us to do is look further back in time. And you think of it almost like the same technology that, you know, NASA has of they can, you know, they're reaching further limits into the, the, the outer universe and they can see back in time in a sense where, you know, light rays are coming from years and years and years away. We learn more about our universe that way. The, the swing is the exact same analogy. The farther we go back in time, the more we learn about it. And so with the 3D kinematic shirt that, that you guys probably saw uh, Majestic do at the ABCA, uh, that's on the, on the cusp of coming out now and being released here very shortly. Now I can get a snapshot of how efficient the body is in the rotational aspect of the swing. But even there, we can say, in the output of your swing, this is where you're breaking down efficiency. This is where you are efficient. So, yeah, I can, I can hit that moment with drill work. But you can go even further back in time if you can go into the loading mechanism itself. So we know in the load stride process, the end result, that ball contact, ball strike that we have, when you rewind back, you find most of the errors were in the load stride process of the swing, and that caused some error by the time you get the ball strike. So if I can go back to the very first thing that happens in movement, which is the loading process itself, and get objective data about that, there's no more guesswork in any part of the swing. I was working with, um, got a college guy right now from a, a power conference that's doing basically a summer boot camp with me. And he's working with us and doing, working with our younger kids during our summer camps. And I just work with him and hit every day. And there's a couple of things we saw in our hit tracks yesterday where I was telling them to get into your legs more. And we saw the exit velocity just jump up from like 98, 98, 98. Then it went 104, 104, 105 instantly. And I'd like to be able to say it's because we are creating better leverage and ground force into the ground. But that was just subjective to me. It looked better with my eye, and we saw a result being better on the hit tracks. But what if I could measure that? What if I could say, yes, precisely, we created more ground force. Your angle of force was this direction. You stayed in your legs longer. The weight transfer happened at the precise moment of time to create that better exit number. We're going to be able to do that. And so what that does for me, it takes any aspect of guesswork out of it and make something that's been taught subjectively for 100 years really completely objective if you can link the biomechanical understanding of body movement with the technology numbers that will be objectively given to you so basically i have four plasma screens that'll be just above my head i'm not going to sit there and stare at them and nor do i want the player to every time but if i need to go back to some number to either validate or make a teachable moment i've got it so i'm really excited about uh, some of the force plate technology we're working on as well. That'll be put in the batter's box.
1: You know, um, I had the opportunity to bring um, my son and um, and and obviously our friend's son, the, the, the gentleman that's in charge of all this stuff that we're doing here. A, they're both, you know, seem to be decent baseball players and, and on the rise. And we had the opportunity to come to one of your uh, camps over the winter where you were utilizing some of this uh, technology with one of the gentlemen that I know you work with with the Cubs i got to tell you, as for a parent, uh, sometimes it can be a little intimidating, to be completely honest with you. And I know that a lot of parents sit there and think, is this all really necessary? What would be your answer to some of these uh, parents that are kind of curious? If, you Because know, let's face it, a lot of them, all they know is they used to just go out and just try to hit a baseball. So what would, you know, what would Justin Stone say? Because I guarantee you this is a question we get a lot from people that wonder you know, if this is all a little too much.
3: Yeah, I think people that follow me on, on social media, my Twitter handle, at Elite underscore Baseball. And I mentioned that same thing just the other day, and I think you, you might even liked it or, or retweeted it. And I said, I was using an example from the defensive side of Ozzy Smith making these great plays, highlight, highlight reel stuff. And I said, this was my baseball instruction as a kid. I watched a highlight reel of Ozzie Smith, and I went outside and I played. So the first answer to that is kids just need to go out and play. I think the better understanding you get of your own body through general play, it doesn't even have to be baseball. It could be any sport. The better understanding that you have in your body, we call that kinesthetic feel or kinesthetic awareness. When you get to the age where it really, really counts, and not to say that 13- and 14-year-old baseball doesn't count, but I'm saying you're being evaluated on a daily basis and you're trying to go to the next level, whatever the next level is. You better have some sort of good body awareness to be able to get a feel of what your own swing is to be, but more importantly, make quicker adjustments. And I see that with the college and pro guys that I work with, the guys that have really good kinesthetic feel. You don't see those 0 for 17 or you know, 2 for 21 streaks. They're able to get themselves right in a hurry. And I think that comes from general play as a very young kid. Now to answer the next part of the question is when do you need me? When do you, when do you need all the bells and whistles and the technology tools? And I think it depends on what level you're at, but you have to have the general body awareness and feel first because what the technology allows us to do is pick out the very most minute detail. I had a couple of pro guys work with me this winter, the guys that were most regular. And they came to me with that, that in mind, they said, you know, it, we're we're having success at the minor league level, but to get over the hump, to be a big leaguer, we just want to know, am I missing out on something? And with these two particular guys, it's like, yeah, you know, we, we, you are missing out on something, and this is what we have to do. We worked the entire winter. And it's, it's rewarding as a coach to get these texts and messages back from them, or they send me video here and there about their progress through the minor league season, of just how grateful they are to – to be able to not just do the actions themselves, but just, give, just that I was able to give them one or two things to think about and then let those great athletes run with it and see it make a difference in their career. These guys are going to jump up to the big leagues this year, and I, I can feel good about just kind of helping them find their path. I'm not the reason that they're going to be in the big leagues, but I may have put some idea in their mind some shortcoming they hadn't thought about before and then let these great athletes take it and run with it. So those very most minute details that are going to get a player over the hump, whether it's from a better travel ball team in high school or whether you're trying to go from high school to college or whether we're just at the adolescent stage or saying I really want to take baseball very, very seriously, that's when you need a guy like me or a guy like in your backyard, Rick Strickland, that can can tell you from um, the technology side or just the very most minute details in a swing pattern. This is what you're missing out on, and this can allow you to have greater efficiency and success.
1: You know what's amazing too. You so brought, I don't think you brought it real quick. I want to say this. You brought up our friend Rick Strickland, and I find it odd too that a couple of guys. And again, I'm very fortunate to have you both as a part of the show. But you both basically are now involved with big league clubs, and a lot of it has to do with what you guys bring to the table from a. Uh, technological standpoint of, of of analyzing the swing, being able to use stuff like video and analytical data and help uh, every player. I don't care whether you're 10 or you're 20, trying to make it to the big leagues. It's amazing that you know a couple of guys that uh, we have access to are involved in that. What I do think, Sod is, is how are you and Rick gonna? Because I know you guys do a lot of stuff together anyway. But here you are with the Cubs, and here he is with the Cardinals. Uh, how's that gonna we go down when you guys week. have Can Christmas dinner?
3: because <laughs> I am a lifelong Cardinal fan growing up in Southern Illinois. And if I'm not mistaken, he, Rick grew up on the South side of Chicago and is a Cubs fan. Yes. <laughs> so we joked about that uh, earlier in the week, but you know, down the road as uh, my prediction, and I, I have no basis on this, but I think as 10 years ago, when you saw big league clubs starting to get into the analytics and now at the beginning of that, when it was just hardcore, eyeball to player scouting done the the old school way it was kind of made fun of you know analytics guys are these aren't baseball guys these are guys coming out of harvard and yale and what do they have to do with baseball most of them didn't have baseball backgrounds very few of them did but that merged into the game for the betterment of the game for the betterment of scouts too to find out what are the trends that make good players good and now you're seeing this on the technology side, where clubs are experimenting of bringing in guys like myself with maybe a biomechanical background, um, a kinesse background, or just the, the tech side of it. And they're delving into that right now. And the Cubs are one of those clubs that always tries to be on the cutting edge and ahead of everybody else. But there's other clubs that are doing it too. Down the road, my prediction is there will be complete uh Units within every organization, there'd be departments of just guys like me. Maybe it's one, one guy like myself with two or three other people helping them. But you're going to see these guys around in spring training, fall instructional league, and in the back video room of the clubhouse late into the night after the game, analyzing swings, analyzing data, and providing more information for coaches. It's just the natural progression of the game. Uh, baseball was a little more resistant to it than maybe some other sports but you can't ignore it. It's not going away. And now that you've seen a couple clubs that are experimenting in it, other clubs are going to pick up on that and nobody wants to be behind. So I think it's going to be a kind of a, a fun thing for, for me from a professional standpoint, because I don't think it'll just be with one club down the road. I think uh, until you see more guys like uh, the driveline people and guys like myself that have the baseball tech and biomechanical backgrounds, um, as more of those come out of school, I think you're going to see them being present in more major league organizations too. But until that time comes, it'll be exciting for me to probably jump around to multiple teams I would anticipate next spring training.
2: Do you think virtual reality and augmented reality is going to be play a factor yet, or do you think that's not even in the case for baseball?
3: No, it is. It, it is, is. And, okay. Um, yeah, without getting too far into that, but I know that's, that's being – I can't let too many cats out of the bag, but that's that's being experimented with already at very high levels of baseball.
1: Well, I, I, the tools that you use—I I mean, I saw you post on on social media that. Uh, I know you were really happy for him, and I'm, I hope I don't butcher his name. And this is near and dear to your heart, uh, Spiker, as you played at Missouri State. But is it Booger Jake Berger? Jake Berger, yeah, was was mm-hmm. drafted and, and first round, and the you know, and I got to tell you that Justin, the clinic, the first clinic I went to with you uh, when um, Missouri State presented, and, and I think you remember that they put on a great defensive clinic. Um, mm-hmm. But he was a freshman, and those two guys that were there, I remember us talking to them, and they had, you know, they knew you had worked with him or whatever, and. They, they said, he's this guy's going to be legit first-round type guy. I mean, he's a, just a flat-out hitting machine. And I thought it was interesting that you said he was your first, like, I don't know if he was your first or he was your first continual Skype client. And
3: Yeah, kind of the first digital client, right. You know, And that's a guy. And that was their idea, not mine. That was their family's idea of doing that. Like, well, we can't really get to you on a regular basis with this work. And I said, let's try it. And it, it worked pretty well.
1: I, well, that seems, you know, and and the first time I heard that, I thought not that obviously I would ever doubt you or anybody for that matter, but I thought, man, is that is that really realistic to to not be able to put your I mean, this sounds terrible to say on a kitchen, put your hands on them and and you know what I mean, but that you know what I mean, like sometimes you you know visually showing or, or or putting or feel or or, or t- it just it just seemed odd to me, but obviously that and and heck, I even know that that you know I believe uh jack uh, who who's been on this show before jeff's son i think he's a skype client now and because he just loves doing stuff with you
3: Mm -hmm. and i tell you from the professional standpoint again it made me a much better instructor because we did take one of those senses out of the teaching learning environment i can't touch them there is no physical feel so i have to demonstrate and articulate so taking one of those things that I, I am really hands-on in a lesson and I'll get my, my hands on an athlete and say, you need to move this way and get them to feel it. Cause that's truly what the swing is. It's seal. Uh, it made me a much better instructor when I had to take that aspect out of it. But, but from a parent's perspective, the listener of your show, Jake was a first rounder, a really, really good player. But you know, when he was at CBC in St. Louis, he had flaws. Um, he, there's still things in his swing that he has to manage he was very outgoing of trying to you know find answers that were going to make him better and obviously he has a great work ethic to get where he is today but it wasn't like when he was at CBC that guys were saying yeah this is a, this guy's gonna be a first rounder you know it's uh, he was a really really good baseball player but I don't know at the time that he was getting interest from um, you know your powerhouse traditional players baseball schools like LSU or Miami or anything like that at that time. Yeah, he was, So there's he was a testament recruiting. to a kid with – right, right. So there's a testament to a kid with a great work ethic that's looking for the right answers that are going to make him better. And this is something that's really important to me that I've been saying in the last few weeks to some, some college guys that are now here after the season. Be convicted in what you're going to do. I think so much time is spent on – is this the right swing? Doubting myself when it's not going well, the first thing you blame, blame is mechanics. It's like once you figure out what you want to do and what feels good to you, be convicted in it. Like, this is who you are now. This is, this is who I am from uh, a hitting standpoint. And I'm, this is who I'm going to be as I continue to grow and, and, and go down the ladder. Yeah. We always want to get better. But I think guys that end up doubting themselves and switching styles all the time and blame mechanics and uh, well, I'm, going try, I'm going to try this. There's nothing wrong with experimenting. But once you get to that level, I think what Jake Berger did that, that makes him the player he is today, he figured out who he was as a hitter. And he stayed true to that. He never wavered. And that's uh, you know, it's going to take him to the south side of Chicago here pretty soon in a big league uniform.
2: Justin, at what point um, do you start using technology in a player's career? Um, a- example, kind of, this podcast is um, predicated with Youth, youth baseball in mind, um, but then we, we also talk about high school, college, and professional. That's what we've talked about so far. At what point do you start using technology with the player?
3: I use it every time I step in a lesson or a teaching situation. One for me, um, if anybody can truly say they can see everything that happens in such an explosive dynamic movement of a swing, they're lying to you. Even A standard video, which is 30 frames per second, is about the same frame rate. If you had a frame rate on the human eye, it's about what it is. You can't see that fast. It's nice to be able to rewind and look at things over and over again, but the use of high-speed video, which is as accessible as on your iPhone today, makes it so you're not guessing on that aspect of it anymore either. So it'd be like going to the doctor and tell them you think you have a broken arm, you explain your symptoms, but the doctor never takes an X-ray. Well, how do you really know? right? So I say the video is your x-ray. It is your MRI. I'm not going to miss anything off of your video. The second thing is a lot of your youngest kids are visual learners. So if there's something I want to point out to really hit home on a coaching point or two theme of that day, I'm going to show it to them quickly in video just so they can get a visual reference of where they're at. So I use it all the time. Again, it's not something that I completely rely on, because I think you can overdo that very, very easily and become way too analytical. And you heard me say earlier, the swing is feel. It's a feel thing. It's not, I'm trying to teach this swing, and I use this in the cage a lot. I'm not teaching you this swing to make it look good on a baseball card. I'm teaching you this swing so you can mash the baseball. So the numbers on the back of your baseball card look really good. Um, that's what we're trying to do. And That's completely feel. But the ability to use technology to aid and feel Is irreplaceable.
1: You know, um, for me, and and you know, I remember something you said to my son when you were we were helping him. You you basically told him you said, "Listen, all I need you to do, occasion, you know, we're obviously four hours apart, so you are not going to drive up there all the time, but you you know, all you need to do is just send me a video sometime you' swinging, and I can tell you how you are doing. I mean, just a video. That's just all I, you know. You were like, that's all I need. I just need to be able to see it, stop it, look at it, see where you are at. And I know a lot of that comes down to. You talk a lot about you know the sequential hitting and the five the five points and you know the the five absolutes of hitting and some of your great stuff that you've talked about over time and it is amazing how you know as you get and I say this all the time as we get a little smarter listening to guys like you and we do we get smart enough to be dangerous you know I say that too a lot but um, it is amazing how video has changed the game of baseball it, all sports really but. It, it, in all aspects, not just training, but just the way we see it, the way we look at it. But if you're not, so I guess where I'm going. With this, if you're not embracing it, then you're basically fighting an uphill battle. Because I don't think it's something you yeah, can win. Yeah, no if you're doubt. Not to no doubt. It.
3: And and the people that are are usually afraid of what they're going to see because they don't know what to change what they are seeing. You know, so it's that little bit of the fear of the unknown is the fear of learning as well. So you get that, that resistance in baseball, no doubt. You mentioned those five absolutes. I think the longer I've been in this, the more I realize there's less and less absolutes. I think I'm down to like one absolute. So if we have another <laughs> interview next year, I'll probably say there's no absolutes. Um, because there's just a million different ways to skin a cat to get to be a successful hitter, to get to find your style and consistently barrel up baseballs but you mentioned your son sending me a video and then I can look at it. And if he has some sort of kinesthetic feel, we go back to that. How much did we play as a young athlete and learn to understand our body? If they have some sort of kinesthetic feel, I can coach you over a text message. It takes me 30 seconds to review the video and say, think about this. Guys, this is how I coach my pro players because I'm not with them all over the country at different minor league parks. They're sending me video. We talk about what they feel. I give them some suggestion to think about in BP the next day and more times than not, because they have great feel. When I say more times than not, it's it's not a hundred percent, but it's pretty close. They come back to me and said, man, that that's all I needed. And then, you, you know, you see a guy take off for a couple of days and that, that's as rewarding as it gets. You know, I'm not, I, I don't even mention a lot of times the pro guys names that I'm working with because it's, it's not about me. I want them to revel in their success because it's about them, but to feel like, I can help guide a guy to reach his dream because, let's face it, anybody that's in pro ball, their dream is making it to the big leagues. I feel like I have a little piece of that too. And I did get to play in the big leagues. I've been around big league teams. I've never been a guy that has got starstruck around that for being a big league clubhouse because I just always felt like this is my job. This is who I am. I'm a part of this too. But don't, don't let me kid you to think that I don't get just as excited as probably their parents do when those guys finally get a big league call up. And that's, that's something that's very, very rewarding to me. That's something I'm doing with all of our students that we're hoping to launch really in the next few weeks, a digital platform where I can not just coach these professional players or college players around the country digitally. I can do this with anybody across the country. It's going to be a part of our EliteBaseball.tv site, but it's going to allow me to have somebody have their own page, ping it, put the video up there. It'll tell me when it's up there. I do the voiceover. It sends it right back to them. But even better than that, it gives them – the, a drill prescription of what they need to work on the next day, the next week, et cetera. And it kind of just allows us a digital dialogue where they can talk about what they're feeling. I can give them information back. And it may be even on the mental side, it may not even be a physical thing because a lot of times this coaching comes down to being a psychologist as much as a a biomechanical analyst, but it's going to just give me some really neat interaction with our elite baseball.tv members in a way that they can get personal one-on-one coaching with me.
1: I mean, you've made some other enhancements as well. Um, you know, you've helped kids of all ages and really enjoyed when we had the opportunity to come up over the, over the winter. And, you know, there were kids of all ages in there. I know um, one of the new things you, you've you been doing is the Kids Corner. How's that going?
3: No, that's good. I, I think we just get those questions a lot. Like, I get this, and you're using a lot of big words. And you mentioned I try to make it easier to understand from somebody that's 9 years old to 29 years old. Um, and I think that's just, you know, general communication skills in life. But what do I need to do with a six- to eight-year-old? We get that question a lot. So we, we like to put something up there new for our viewers as often as we can, and the pitching and the hitting side of the kids' corners been pretty well received. So that's, that's good to hear.
1: Well, I, a lot of, you know, let's face it, a lot of people, I mean, if <laughs> – If they can't figure out what to do with a six, seven, eight-year-old kid, you know, my I think your suggestion and mine would always start with, well, number one, make sure they're having fun. But, and I think that's what you've tried. Yeah, I think that's what you've tried to do with kids' corners is is while, okay, fine, if you really want to help them, here's some stuff to help them. But at the same time, I mean, it's got to be fun. Yeah. Well, and 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 that's at every age, really. I mean, I you know, I, I say this all the time. I think some, I think baseball at at the level that like your prep teams play and, and some of the ones that Mike, I think a lot of people think that's no fun. And I tell people all the time, it couldn't be further from the truth. I, You know, my son just played in his first perfect game event, Um, you know, since he's a high school freshman age, it was his first, you know, program summer team, perfect game event. And I got to tell you, he, he's never had more fun and it was as serious a tournament as he's ever played in, you know, he there were, our team played five games. He, he sat two of them and played three. I didn't know how that would go over. You know, he's played in every game. He's You know, he's maybe sat one or two. Like in the high school season, he sat a game. Um, But he's always played. And, you know, this is the first weekend where we as parents drove an hour and a half for a baseball game, and he didn't play, you know. And and we were fine with it. I mean, because we get it. But, you know, I was wondering how he – and I mean, he's just addicted to it now. I mean, he just – you know, seeing that and competing at that level, he just – he had a blast, number one. And number two, it's like now more than ever he wants to work and get better because he sees
3: yeah, what's so that's going it, on. That, that's the te- the character of a young man right there that's being shown because it's motivated him to work more. So that's that's how you make it in the game. There's no doubt. I, I hate to see on social media where we get these young guys thinking that they're grinding and they're out working hard. As If you're grinding and you're working you're not having fun. Like you're out there doing this because you love the game. Cause it's the most fun thing to do. And that's what makes me passionate about what I do. I'm still involved in the baseball game. You kidding me? This is what I get to do for a living. I played baseball every day. My kids look at me and I, you know, I'm putting my shoes on. I'm going out the door and workout clothes. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to play baseball. Yeah, this is like the greatest job on earth. So I don't, I, I just kind of, that's my pet peeve of guys saying I'm a a young kid and I'm a really hard worker. I'm going to get my, my grind in today. It's like, go out and play because you love it. Go out and play because this game is the most fun game in the world. and You have enjoyment of doing it, right? That's why we're involved in it. I don't think anybody, any nine year old is saying I want to make three hundred million million one one day. So I'm going to go play baseball. There's like, man, this game is really fun. that's, that's one of my pet peeves on, on young athletes. And why, what, what's your, why, why are you playing?
1: Well, you know, it's funny, you, you mentioned that when you're a kid, you know, do you think about the $300 million and all that, and is that what does it? I say all the time, that what I love about the game of baseball, and it seems like a lot of sports are this way, but, you know, obviously notice it more for baseball. Just watch a, a two- or three-year-old kid pick up a ball. What does he instinctively do with it? He throws it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What happens if they pick up a bat? They instinctively swing it. It's just an odd thing for me to see a young child pick up a ball or bat and. That's the purity that, that I enjoy. I think about you, uh, my co-host Spiker here, who I know is a big fan of yours, and, and you guys are, you know, both love the game, um, and, and both do so much for kids. And that I wonder sometimes. And I know it's work, but I, I know both of you sometimes feel like it's not work. But you know, with what you do with with elite with your elite program, what Spiker does with his Rawlings Tigers program. Uh, last week, I talked a little bit about my first weekend in the stands as a dad versus a coach. Um, Some things that I observed that were both pretty good and some not so good. Uh, What I'm looking for from you here, Justin, is a little follow-up on that. Um, Just, you know, as a guy that runs one of the top programs in the country, very well respected. I mean, yeah, winning's great, but, I mean, your program is respected for what you do for the kids and, and where you your ultimate goal of where you send them. I mean, you know, your, your job is to make them the best player they can be and then send them off so that they can continue their career. So I'm just looking for anything, Justin, you may have advice for our parents out there that are going to go to a baseball diamond this weekend and and experience a, a myriad of things across the board, which may cause them to have issue. What would, you know, what's some advice for, from you to them?
3: Well, As any parent, all you want to do is see your child succeed. And up until this age of 16 and 17 years old, the parent has really provided most of the guidance and or resources for that to happen. The hardest thing for a parent once you're getting to this high school level is that it's completely out of your hands. And it's hard for them to let go. So what I tell our parents is a lot of times there are proactive things you can do to help your son or daughter in the recruiting process but the majority of the time you're just going to get in the way and make it worse. So yeah, it's good for you to help put together an email list for your son to, to put together emails to send off to college coaches. Yeah. Aid him in putting together that Excel file of data for him. But when it comes to recruiting time, you need to get as far away from the field as possible. And the more you become present to a college coach, the worse it is for the player. They want to hear interaction from the player. They don't want to be having to talk to a parent about the player, nor having a parent sit there and provide excuses for why the player isn't doing X or Y that day. Baseball is a game that's built around failure. You hear that cliche all the time. And these college coaches are used to seeing players fail. So it's not just that one day that they evaluate and the player doesn't play that well that day that's going to get them crossed off a list. It's how the player and the parent react to that failure that oftentimes gets them crossed off the list. I can't tell you because I was a division one coach at one time myself, how many times I sat behind the fence with a radar gun and I'd have a dad sneak up behind me, say, what was the velocity, you know, or what was his velo that day? And I'd say 84, he goes, and, you, and immediately you see their head shake and then we go, Hey, he was 89 last week. I'm like, you know, if I had a nickel for every time I heard that, <laughs> like, I get it. I get it. like like your, your son isn't going to top out and max out in velocity every time he takes the mound. That's not what I'm looking for though. I want to see. You know, we can see a lot in just body action, how a player handles themselves. There's so many more intangibles that go on our notes as an evaluator than just the three for four performance. And I think parents don't realize that. It's all about. Well, he had three hits that day. Well, those hits might have been chinkers, where the guy might have went over four and backspin four balls, but they were playing him at the warning track. You know, and it, on paper, it doesn't look like he had a very good day. But I went away really liking something I saw. Or that he did go over four and he had two backwards punch outs, but he ran out to his position on a sprint. He took ground balls from the outfield grass and showed a hose across the field and left as at bat in the dugout. And now I see the character of an athlete, the maturity of an athlete, and it takes both of those things to succeed at the next level. So there's a lot of pieces that go into this that usually the parent can do them more harm than good. Stay out of the way. Let the evaluators do their job. And although it's nerve-wracking, it's going to help them in the process if they just allow their child to be who they are on a baseball field. Now, from the support standpoint, it's encouragement because there's going to be ups and downs of that. Talk about what, what they did well. Let there be a cooling-off period for a 16- or 17-year-old kid in the car before you get it right into what he didn't do well. But be there for the, you know that support that they're going to need through the ups and downs of just – the everyday life of baseball
1: you know hearing you talk like that and and again i know you know spiker obviously is is a director of a quality organization as well and deals with so many young people it it makes me think of two guys that i know both of you guys think a lot of and and are familiar with uh, some some quotes that you see a, a lot from them because they're so important and you wonder why you continually see this quote from these two guys on social media make its rounds all the time and it's because of how relevant and the first one is you know, I think it was Matt Lyle who sent out, "Please remember, parents, no college recruiter recruits your kid based on what you think of them," that, which I always thought was a great one, because that's a hard reality, I think, for parents that you kind of just addressed. very. true. And then very uh, true. a guy that I know we all like, Steve Springer, who talks about the mental uh, approach to baseball, you know, his, when he, t- like, he talks about a lot of interesting things, of course, but the one that I think that he really has hit a home run with, it's how we define failure and success and and what we instill in our kids. And it always takes me back to the conversation I had with Logan before his freshman tryouts. When I dropped him off, I said, are you nervous? And he said, yeah. And I said, why are you nervous? And he said, I don't want to make any errors, and I want to get some hits. And I said, I can assure you that your standing on this team will have nothing to do with whether or not you make an error or you get a hit. You know how to feel. You can do it very well. They're going to watch how you do it, not the result. And they're going to watch you swing a bat. They're going to watch how you swing it, not whether or not you get a hit. I promise you, any coach worth their salt is more concerned with how you do it versus the immediate result. Now, would that be an accurate statement, Justin?
3: Yeah, I've had that same conversation the few times I've worked with your son. We worked outdoors one day on a beautiful day in February. I was like, man, we're on a baseball field in February or it might have even been January in St. Louis. And it was more than just body positioning and footwork. Like we had, I think our longest discussion was about body language. When something doesn't go well, like all of those things matter. And sometimes they matter more because if you have physical ability, we can see that. We can see body types. We can see athleticism. If you don't have coach ability, there's nothing I can do with you. I'm not going to make you better. You're tapping out your ceiling early and I can't move you on. So give me that athlete that's hungry that has coachability and let me mold that athlete. That's, that's where your good coaches come into play of be able to motivate and make better those players. So it's a lot of times it is those exact intangibles that you Matt Lyle, Steve Springer are, are all touching on.
2: I, I think it's funny that a lot of players and I, and I was the same way when I played was I had to have that perfect game. I had to be able to hit two home runs with a bunch of RBIs and, um, have a bunch of steals and have clean baseball on the on the diamond at second base and it was funny um when I was talking with coach gutton who ended up recruiting me he said the reason that you're on this team is because you legged out a pop fly from going from just going to first and you try to get to second and it was just literally just the effort involved with getting to second base knowing that I was going to be out but what's the possibility of that guy dropping the ball on second base
3: yeah. And you didn't think about that. That's not the reason why you spread it out of the box. You spread it out of the box because that's who you were as a baseball player. Yep. Right. Wow. And that's why those guys move on. Right. That's uh, the survival of the fittest goes beyond just physicality. It goes, you, you, how much does the game mean mean to you? It's the intrinsic value. I want to play harder than the next guy because I want it a little more because I love it a little more. And those are important things in the evaluation process and they always come to the top. You're, Guys, if you see if a college evaluator sees a guy on multiple occasions, those things are going to become omnipresent very, very quickly.
1: You know, it, and you know it's funny. I think about that day you just mentioned at GCS Stadium when it was you know it was like seventy degrees in February. We were on the turf, and you know, and Logan admittedly he thinks a lot of you, so he wants to do well when he has the opportunity to work with you because he knows it's far and few between. But I remember the conversation. He actually like your. I think he had made like three or four really good plays, like hard plays to make at that age. You know, the cross-the-body stuff up the middle and the throw from down under. And and that's what you said to him. You said, listen, you just made three great plays, and now you're going to bang your head down because you missed one ground ball and didn't play. You know, How are you going to perform in this game? So it's that mental stuff that you provide each and every week, whether it be on this show, whether it be through your website, your social media. If, if you're not – listen folks out there um, our time short with Justin now and we got to get him out of here but uh, where I was going with that is if you are not following Justin on social media, you are doing yourself a disservice both he and his counterpart over there at elite baseball Travis Kerber. some of the conversations that uh, blow up from just some basic tweets or Facebook posts that these guys get started will change your life. So, Justin, before you go, make sure everybody knows where they can find you guys at on Twitter. And, of course, uh, one last time on the, uh, you know, everything as far as if people want to get a hold of you guys and find EliteBaseball.tv.
3: Yeah, our Twitter handle is Elite underscore Baseball. And then EliteBaseball.tv is just our kind of – like you said, everything baseball in terms of our pitching, hitting progressions, defensive – Progressions, but some of the, the as the greatest tidbits on there, are just what we're thinking that day, or what I've done with a a eight year old in a cage the day before that made his his smile light up or the parents light up, or maybe what I did with a, a college or pro player. So we put something up there every week, and that's about as real time as looking into our lives as baseball instructors as you can get.
1: Well, I know we appreciate you and your contributions each and every week. I wish you nothing but continued success. I know. Um... Uh, we'll be hearing from you here in just a few minutes with your EliteBaseball.TV TV training tip of the week. But, but again, anytime we can get you on here to share some knowledge and and spark that interest from our listeners, we we do. We greatly appreciate it. We can. We wish you nothing but continued success, my man.
3: Well, thanks for having me on, and same to you. I know your show just keeps getting bigger and bigger, and so the guests that you have on, uh, great info from all across the country. And I'm a listener myself, so. Um, there's a reason why your product is continuing to grow too. And it's not from what you're trying to do from a business standpoint, it's what you're trying to provide for your listeners from a quality standpoint. So congrats yourself.
1: Well, no, that means a lot to us. I know. Cause uh, again, you're a, you're, you know, you're a, you're a big influencer within this game of youth baseball and rightfully so. So Justin, thanks for joining us, taking some time. I know how busy you are. And like I said, we're going to hear from you in just a little bit here with your tip of the week. And, uh, and again, folks, you can look forward to that each and every week. We'll talk to you soon, Justin.
3: All right. Thanks, Jim. Chief Spiker,
1: see ya. Uh, you know, really hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Justin Stone. Again, he's such a big influencer, and you know, it's it's one thing to be really good at what you do and have a knack for doing it. Um, you know, and again, so many people that he's helped. But you know, where I think the influence is is the guy sitting across from me. I think you all know how much I think of him and what he does for for kids within his organization or just really anywhere in general. But that's what makes him good at what it's it. Listen, Spiker. And again, he's sitting here, and you know this sounds goofy, but he was a good player, and he obviously made himself a good player because of, of his of his work ethic and things like that. So those are all positive things that you can try to instill in the people that you're training. But I'm going to tell you this: what makes Spiker so good at what he does? is that while he was a very good player, he was extremely talented, he had an unbelievable work ethic and as you heard him mention earlier, you know, a great coach recognized that in him and knew that that was what was going to separate him from other players, right? So, if you if you had the opportunity to play for Spiker now, why wouldn't you want to do that, right? Well, that's all true. But let me tell you one of the things that we're trying to get through to everybody that's listening that he has that you need and that is his willingness to say I want to hear what Justin has to say. I want to hear what Rick has to say. When Matt Lyle's on, I want to hear what he has to say. Steve Springer, Kevin Wilson, uh, Troy Silva, all these unbelievable, you know, Tewksbury, all these great people. While Spiker's very good at what he does, when they talk, he listens. And he doesn't sit here and say, well, I disagree with that. That's stupid, and I'm not going to. No, he listens, and he tries to get better, even though he's very good at what he does. Our problem is, is we got a lot of guys out here who are, admittedly, probably pretty good at what they do, but that's it. There is no change. There is no I'm willing to get better. There is no maybe I'm not seeing this. If there's no willingness there, you got a real problem. And, again, that's why I appreciate Spiker. That's why I love Justin and Rick. These guys are constantly trying to get better. And, again, as the original host of the show, and now you know I have a co-host and I'm very privileged to have
2: one, that's why I did this, and that's what I'm trying to do. So I hope that's what you're getting out of this. Well, everyone, every, every in the baseball world, everyone has an ego to some extent. And one thing that um, I'm very impressed with Justin and Rick and all the all the, all the major guys um, that are above me, um, they they're very humble and they're always willing to learn. I guarantee you, Justin's probably on Instagram or YouTube and searching. Searching other key influencers and trying to dig into what they're giving and what they're what they're talking about and seeing if it matches up with his beliefs and if it's something that he might not have looked into um, because that that's exactly what I do and I I'm I'm very grateful that we actually got him on the line because I know how busy he is with his with his stuff.
1: Well, again, I think it's a uh, I think it's an opportunity anytime. To, to hear him speak you should take it and listen so again very happy to have him we're going to hear from him here in just a minute but first guy we're going to go to here is everybody's friend kurt mcnab from dirtbag baseball nation he brings you the rope report each and every week uh, it's an opportunity for you to learn a little bit more about the rope trainer uh, its uses its functions what it can do again we've been fortunate to have on their their great trainer Chris Verna, you know, the, the trainer to the stars, as I like to call him. We've had John Smoltz on before talking about the difference that the rope trainer can make in your life. Uh, make sure you check it out, trainer.com. It will make a difference, I promise you. Uh, again, we're very happy to have added this to the rotation of um, what I would call informational por- informational portion of the show uh, just to give you guys a little bit of insight. Like I said, a lot of people interested in the rope trainer, And a lot of people going, but I'm not quite sure what to do with it. So now we bring you the Rope Report as brought to you by Dirtbag Baseball Nation and, of course, theropetrainer.com.
0: Thanks, Jim. Great show again today, as always. And I'd like to welcome back everybody to this week's episode of the Rope Report, brought to you by the arm care specialist, the rope trainer, and myself, Kirk McNabb of Dirtbag Baseball Nation. It's our mission, goal, philosophy, and desire to educate you on stretching, warming up your core body, throwing for all players and pitching properly by learning how to use your entire body, not just your arm. My big issue with how most coaches and instructors train players is by usually telling them or teaching them to only focus on your arm to throw the ball. I don't know if they're meaning to or not, but my belief is that because we see and focus on the arm doing the throwing action, we have fallen into believing that it's only the arm we need to focus on training. We seem to always be reading on social media Buzz phrases or terminology like arm care or let's get your arm right. And we've all heard those coaches that use buzzwords during a game and practice, like getting your arm speed up and fast on the backside. Coaches and instructors that say these phrases and buzzwords, unfortunately, are doing more harm than good. I want you to stop and really think about the phrases and buzzwords I just used. Arm care and let's get your arm right. What a coach or instructor is really saying to the player is, I'm only focused on your arm and don't understand it's your whole body that needs to be incorporated into every throw. Get your arm speed up, or hey, get fast on the backside. That's why your arm is dragging. It looks like this is the problem because our eyes are focused on the arm, but it's really not if you break it down. What happens now is that the player manipulates his arm to go faster, which isn't fixing the real mechanical problem. It's only temporarily fixing it. These are serious red flag phrases and buzzwords that you need to seriously take serious. If you don't believe me, you can test it out yourself by grabbing a ball or rolling up a sock into a ball and throwing it into your coach with only using your arm and not your entire body. Don't take a stride. Don't do anything. Just use your arm. Make your arm go faster and slower each throw and see how long it takes to start feeling uncomfortable in your arm. And now imagine doing this over and over, again, game, game after game, and practice after practice. It's wrong. Simply wrong. Now you know. That is the great thing about the rope trainer. When you do it properly, it forces you to use your entire body, each throw, and you feel it when you don't use your whole body. It self-teaches, if used properly, to increase muscle memory, limits the amount of throws, because you're throwing properly, And it limits the amount of throws it takes to warm up properly, whether you're a position player, a pitcher, and even for all you coaches out there. It'll help you. Trust me. I'm a coach. It helps me. The Rope Trainer team is always collecting data as well to give you up-to-date benefits of using it. Just another bonus. In this week's episode, or this week's video I've included, you'll see Earl Perrin talking about recommended warm-up routine with the Rope Trainer in the bullpen. Please take the time to watch it as I can guarantee you will benefit from what you see. Really listen to why Earl recommends warming up this way and watch how his whole body gets involved in every pitch. If you have any questions at all about throwing, pitching, or the rope trainer, please don't hesitate to email me at dirtbagsportsnet at icloud.com or you can go directly to www.perfectpitchandthrow.com to get your rope trainer and become a part of Dirtbag Baseball Nation's rope revolution. Be sure to enter dirtbag 5 for your discount at checkout. I'm Kirk McNabb, Dirtbag Baseball Nation, and that's it for this week's episode of the Rope Report. Listen in next week when I'll be talking about how you can have the Rope Trainer and Dirtbag Baseball Nation team become a part of your camps and/or guest speaking opportunities for your association. If you want to find out more information before next week, contact me at 519-836-6369 or 226-821-2402 or Dirtbag Sportsnet at iCloud. And be sure to follow The Rope Trainer on Facebook and Twitter at The Rope Trainer. And for all things Dirtbag Nation, Baseball Nation, you can find us on Facebook at Dirtbag Baseball Nation and Instagram at Dirtbag BSB Nation and Twitter at Dbag BSB Nation. Until next week, you need to hit that field and get dirty if you really want to be a dirtbag.
1: Great stuff as always, as I appreciate Kirk McNabb and his willingness to take on the role of being the representative that brings you the rope report each and every week. And again, couldn't do the show without the rope trainer. As John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Make sure you check it out today. And for all you softballers out there, they do have the rope in a softball form now as well. So again, doing everything they can to help people all across the country save these arms from this arm epidemic that we have. So again, special thanks to all the gang over there. Uh, It's now time to go back to the gentleman you just heard from in the main portion of the show as he brings you EliteBaseball.tv training tip each and every week here at Youth Baseball Talk, and that is our friend Justin Stone. Justin, take it away.
4: This is Travis Kerber, and this is Elite Baseball's Tip of the Week. Today we're going to talk about stride. I've had a lot of people recently ask me about stride and how stride length and stride direction help or hurt them in their throwing process. So as we start talking about stride, let's first start talking about direction. You're going to see several different directions when guys step to throw the ball to home plate. If you watch big league athletes, you're going to see that you're going to find guys that stride across their body, you're going to find guys that stride open, and you're going to find guys that stride straight forward. A lot of that's going to be dictated upon your throwing style and also your mobility within your hips. So guys that tend to have a little bit more mobility in their hips tend to either land straight or slightly closed, where their front leg will land closer to, the, to their throwing side than to the opposite side. Guys that have a little bit less mobility in their hips tend to land either straight or slightly to the open side, meaning more towards their glove side when they land. So part of that is based off of how their body works. Part of it's based off of their throwing style. And some big league guys might even use stride to kind of create some deception. For youth athletes, it's hard to always direct them into one thing where you draw a line out in front of them and you tell them they have to land straight because for some of them, their mobility is not going to be able to allow them to be successful landing in a direction going straight to the plate. So you have to kind of learn how to be able to tailor each kid's throwing style and their mobility into what's going to allow them to be the most successful at this current point. As kids keep developing and they either gain or lose mobility, you're going to find that their stride direction might change as they continue to move on in their throwing. So as you now look at stride direction, we also have stride length. It's been a hot topic for quite a few years about being able to stride either farther or even some guys telling guys to stride shorter. So the advantages to striding farther is that you can create a little bit more momentum and you can create possibly the ability to release the ball closer to the plate, which allows for more deception to the hitter because they have less time to be able to track the ball. As you work on a longer stride, if that is your choice to create more momentum, make sure that you're not losing your rotational ability. A lot of guys that try to stride farther now cannot turn their upper body as fast in their turn because they're not strong enough to manage a longer stride. So for some guys, it's actually better to have a shorter stride so that they can make sure that they can maximize the rotation of their body, ultimately maximizing the rotational speed of their arm into their throw. So as you're working with your young athletes and having them work on stride length, I suggest that you find them to start with a shorter stride work on being able to create a faster upper body rotation, then allow them to start working out farther and find out how far they can step and still feel like they can be powerful in their rotational turn of their upper body. That way you can maximize not only the direction from side to side, whether they're landing open, closed, straight, but also you can maximize the distance that they're covering to the plate while still being able to make sure that they can maintain a correct upper body turn. This has been Elite Baseball's tip of the week.
1: Great stuff as always, my man, and we do appreciate it. And again, uh, as Spiker mentioned, it, it you are <laughs> – I say this all the time. Some, you guys are the busiest guys in show business, but you take the time to uh, to come on the show and try to do your best to, to get your message out to the people that want to hear it. So thank you for taking the time each week to bring us the EliteBaseball.TV training tip of the week. Uh, and last but certainly not least is my friend and yours, especially if uh, if you're in this area. You know how highly respected he is when it comes to the game of baseball. Um, He's a great hitting instructor, of course, um, as I mentioned earlier, now doing work with the Cardinals and and training so many pro guys and and minor league guys trying to make their way, college guys, and he's helped so many kids reach their dreams of, of playing in collegiate baseball and just generally just being the best player you can be, even if that doesn't work out for you. So I know I appreciate him very much and his insight. His Ask Rick segment has really taken off. Um, it's brought to you each week by St. Louis Pirates Baseball and Blast Motion. Uh, it's time now to go to Rick Strickland for his Ask Rick segment. Take it away, Rick.
5: Hey, Jim. Excited to be back on the show again this week. As always, looking forward to answering questions from the audience, uh, great questions from the audience on a weekly basis. And uh, this week's question is a good one. It's about hitting, so it's right up my alley. Um, and the question is. Okay, all the gurus have convinced me that swinging down on a ball uh, is bad for my kid who is 10. Should I be concerned with this already or should that be something that we uh, worry about when we get to high school? You know, the biggest thing I would tell a person with that question is the first thing you should worry about is is teaching your kid how to swing the bat right. Uh, And swinging the bat is really a movement uh, and so we need to be more concerned with... uh, the young kids learn how to swing the bat using their athleticism. For the most part, the guys that we test at the younger age do that. It's somewhere between that 10, 12, and 13-year-old year when they really start to to develop that, uh, that uh, coaches are telling guys to swing down on balls and things of that nature. Now I'll say this, after researching things, there are certain pitches you probably should swing down on um when you look at spin rates and things of that nature. But for the most part the ball is coming in at somewhere between a seven to ten degree slope. So just the physics of how the bank game is made with a with a bat and a heavy instrument at the end, when uh kids rotate the bat tends to fall. So the natural swing for a person is to actually swing up and slightly uppercut it because of, you know, just the dynamics of what's what's happening with the ball and and, and the weight of the bat and, and the rotational forces of the body. Um, however, you know one of the things you start to look at is I spent all season, all winter, working with uh, some professional hitters, and we were using a track simulator and hitting home runs left and right, and working on launch angles. And then the game turned around, and then you're watching uh, Justin Verlander pitch to uh, Cody Ashey, and Cody Ashey kept swinging underneath balls, and you start to really get a good sense of what spin does to to the hitter. You know we talk about velocity, 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 but as we find out, the hitters can hit you know, almost anything you throw up there at them. Is the spin that actually really kind of gives them, gives them issues. And if you're trying to swing up on a ball that is, that's got a high spin rate, the ball stays up and maybe even rises a little bit or what we think rises a little bit or probably more likely doesn't drop as much as the other pitches, it makes it very difficult to, to square that ball up. So what you see is the hitter ends up swinging underneath that ball. So I'll tell people that can be two extremes you know there can be an extreme with teaching a kid anytime we teach something from a hitting perspective or sometimes teach from a ball perspective what I see is coaches and parents take it to the extreme so we say swing down there's an extreme swinging down action that happens there now we're starting to see it just in reverse when we talk about launch angles there's an extreme uh, uppercut action that's going on really and truly the hitter's real chance of being able to be success, successful is that that hitter has to aim for the middle of the ball has to be able to aim for the middle of the ball So. When I tell you that, you know, sometimes your uh, launch angle uh, or your your attack angle of the bat may change a little bit if you're aiming for a pitch that's not falling. You have to get on top of that ball a little bit, so you may have to swing down on that ball. So one of the things we tell our hitters is to aim for the middle. That's your greatest margin of error. Is trying to hit the very center of that ball. You might miss a little bit up. Uh, over it and, and get on top of it in a low line drive or you might get underneath it just slightly and those other ones that turn into home runs. So from my perspective while you're teaching young 10 year old guys to swing or girls to swing the bat teach them to be extremely athletic uh, and let the natural forces rotational forces of the body produce the swing for you and then you know um, anytime you hear the gurus online you need to uh, be careful with taking that information uh, and just to open up that can and just throwing it on your kid right away. Experiment with it first, but really there's a like comfort zone and, and where kids should be hitting the ball from. So that's my uh, take on whether or not you should be uh, uh, swinging up on a ball. I, I would say for the most part that's, that answer is going to be yes, uh, but there are instances where you probably do need to be swinging um flat or even slightly down on balls, depends on where the pitch location is. But at the end of the day, to summarize this, every swing the kidder should focus on hitting the middle of the ball. So, Jim, thanks again for having me on the show this week. Look forward to to next week's questions, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys.
1: Good stuff as always. Um, Spiker, i got to tell you, uh, you know, we run the gamut there of, of the rope report, which, you know, obviously is backed up by a Hall of Fame pitcher who is passionate about the arm problem. Then we go to Justin with his elite baseball. And, and again, everybody heard him speak. Every time we have him on, it's always a, a record breaking episode because I think so many people see what we see a genuine person that really, at the end of the day, is just trying to help. And, and of course, to have Rick on every week, um, you know. <laughs>
4: We have just lucky. smart guys. Yeah, make us look real smart, you know. it?
1: and And you're awful, Bride. I, I tell you what, man. I See, this is what I do. I surround myself uh, with really uh, intelligent people that know what they're doing, and then I come across as I know what I'm doing. It's awesome. I love it.
2: I, I, put, you, I put you at the key top of the influencers right there. Oh, yeah. I'm,
1: I'm an influencer. All right. <laughs> let, 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 let's be careful with that word. But, but no, I enjoy doing this show each week. And like I said, for for those of you out there, I hope you enjoy it. The information is there for you. I say it all the time. In this day and age, if you're not getting smarter, you got a problem. You should be. And again, if, if not, that's okay. But then don't put yourself in a position to affect so many lives because it'd be different if it was hard. I, I, you know, 40 years ago, we didn't have what we have now. 30 years ago, even 20 years ago. But now it has never been easier for you to get better if you want to influence young lives. And again, I'm sorry, but that's what the show was was built around. Coaches need to be coached. They need to get better. If you're one of those guys that think, I don't need this, you have a problem. I'm sorry. When the best guys in the country are getting better because they're getting coached, maybe you should look in the mirror. Just an opinion.
2: You know what's fun is this, I, we said this a couple episodes ago, but it's the golden age of content, golden age of baseball. Um, Just learning, just learning the game. And when Justin, I know he didn't want to go down that route. When I asked him about VR and AR, I mean that's where it's going. Technology—that's the next step. And it—that tells you he's knee deep in something that he just can't talk about right now. It's kind of like uh, I was like hoping he would dig in a little
1: bit more. Yeah, but the best part of that is, is that you know, and I know, and our listeners are probably aware that when when it is time for him to talk about it, you're going to hear it right here on Youth Baseball. Exactly. Hope you enjoyed the show this week, and we want to remind everybody to check us out at youthbaseballtalk.com. That's our website where you'll find the podcast. Uh, and again, I you know I get that Netflix feeling because each week when I see the downloads, we still have people downloading the very first episode I ever did over two years ago. Um, it's amazing how many back episodes get listened to. So what that tells me is, is that through your help in social media, people that have never heard of us before are listening to shows, uh, and then they they basically, you know... <laughs> they're like man this is good what about this one what about this one and then they see some names of some influencers and things like that and then we're ready to go so again uh, it just means the world to me that you guys are doing that again it's all done through social media at podcast baseballs where you'll find us on twitter hit us up on facebook just type in youth baseball talk Uh, like us follow us share our stuff it's the way that you can really help us Uh, reviews are great too if you want to go to itunes and leave a review on the show um, there's also a way to do it on our on our uh, facebook page guys we cannot thank you enough for all your support Thank you. This is Jim Cromer for Spiker Homes. We will see you guys next week on Youth Baseball Talk.
0: Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm.
3: This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.